Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hi and welcome to this episode of the podcast which is going to be all about bottle feeding. I'm not sure where to start Claire on this one so perhaps you can do Yeah I think everyone has a choice over how they want to feed their babies and so with regards to bottle feeding it can be a bit of a minefield I have to say because it just there's so many components to it and I Mm. think it's trying to kind of work out i think if you go into any kind of store to look at kind of bottle feeding paraphernalia it's just i don't know how people who have never kind of used bottles and things like that before i don't know how they make a choice i think it's kind of uh, <laughs> i like the look of that one or maybe yeah. you google it or whatever um, but I think that's probably the first place to start that if you are bottle feeding and trying to make those choices, it is a really tricky one. And there is no right or wrong over those bottles. Each baby will take to different bottles. Um, and I think it's potentially, you know, getting a starter kit, see how you go. And then sometimes it is a case of just, you know, trying different bottles um to see what works you know some babies can take from a bottle much easier dependent on the size of the teat the shape of the teats all of those sorts of things but I think definitely starting with it's a minefield and so trying to do it in stages don't try and kind of do everything at once and buy everything um I think Mm. get a good steriliser and it doesn't have to be the same brand as the bottles you buy. Um, a really good steriliser is going to see you through. Um, and it's going to see you through for about a year, depending on when you start bottle feeding, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but you are typically going to be sterilising up until little one is 12 months old, at least. Some people will go on and sterilise for longer. Um, so invest on a really good steriliser. So what are the different types of steriliser then? Well, that also comes with a huge option, of course. Um, So you have your old-fashioned, is what I would call it, but your typical where probably we started off was the Milton. So the cold water, you know, you have a a big kind of bucket as such, um, filled with water and then um, sterilising tablets. And that's probably most people have heard of Milton. Um, but you do get other brands of sterilising tablets as well. Um, and so you pop them in, they dissolve, you pop your bottles into the water and then you take them out as and when you need to use them. Obviously, they need to stay in for an allotted amount of time. And again, that will be um, detailed on the packet, depending on the sterilising mm-hmm. tablet. And lots of people take those on holiday, don't they? The they do, you can take the steroids yeah absolutely mm. yeah um and they can be really helpful the only thing i'd mm. say after years of i love the smell of the milton sterilizing it's just such a clean smell weirdly in my training 
we we used to have it all the time and it's one of those smells that takes mm. me back to that but um be really careful with your clothing um oh. because it can stain it so is it bleach just, almost bleach is it does it yeah 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 so just be really careful on that front mm -hmm. um but and that's more the fluid as such mm -hmm. then you have your steam sterilizers and so these are again all shapes and sizes but ultimately you put water in the bottom again certain amount in the instructions you then have a container that typically goes over the top and then a lid and you pop all your bottles into that making sure that you take all your bottles apart um, so that the steam can get to all areas of it um, we do have a little youtube video on how to use a steam steriliser um, so check that one out um, and so they then they can get incredibly hot so being really careful that you taking that lid off um, bear in mind it's steam so be careful with those you then have a microwave steam steriliser um, again they all come in shapes and sizes but making sure that it will fit the bottles that you have um, and then the new things that have come out and are on the market are the UV sterilizers. So these don't involve any water. They are all done by UV light. Um, and so if you want to have them, some the steam sterilizers can create quite a lot of water um, and sometimes they can leak and things like that. So it depends on where you have your sterilizer, but the new UV ones are certainly they're expensive that's the only thing i would say at the moment mm. but they're only going to kind of come down in price but they are very popular you can put a lot of stuff in them um they tend to have drying functions on them as well they have you know so they are probably your main and then you have things like your travel sterilizers and i would always say if you are traveling um and bottle feeding then get some microwavable sterilizing bags mm. um, because they are a game changer. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a brand of bottle, um, which is a man bottle, which actually you take apart and you can put together in a certain, you need to wash them, put them together in a certain way and you pop them into a microwave and they actually sterilize the bottle and you don't need a sterilizer. They're just, so oh, wow. there's lots of different options to different, mm. Um, and remember you you know if you're expressing um, at the same time and all of those sorts of things you can put your breast pump in some of these yeah. as well so so before you put your bottles into a steriliser you have to take them apart obviously and then you have to wash them you so do. you have to wash them with washing up liquid yeah yeah so it's good to um, use cold water to rinse them out to start with to get the milk protein off of the bottle so um give them a good wash like rinse out with cold water and then you're looking at... oh do you know what claire i use that for my milk frother cold water <laughs> for my coffee good. see there based you go. on your tip for getting milk protein out <laughs> there you go and does it work yes it does well, there we go um so <laughs> yes so rinse them out with cold water then you're now you may want to have a separate bowl for washing up your bottles um just so that again it's not in your main washing up bowl now that's me being <laughs> norland uh, yes Picky. very yeah practical probably and how we you know we would have 
done it. Um, but I'm also very aware that ultimately you need to get the bottles washed and as long as they are washed really well. And that's my probably the biggest thing. Have a bottle brush, have a teat brush. Typically the teat brush comes at the end of the bottle brush. You need to just pull it out. Um, and nice hot soapy water. Then obviously again, rinsing off those and then they need to squeaky clean yep so you do the squeak the, the squeak i always clean. remember that yeah, yeah there you go um and again we've got a video on youtube talking about how to wash up the bottles um mm-hmm. because it's really hard to actually explain this on a podcast yeah um so, so this is what you do with your hands going everywhere yeah. <laughs> we're here like looking at each other doing it um so yeah if you want to look at the video then we have got video on that as well um but cleaning of the bottles are and it, removing the teat from the teat ring is mm-hmm. really important because the milk can collect there and when you sterilize the teat should be separate from the ring as well it can be placed over the top but there should be they shouldn't be a complete unit um because the steam or the water you know the sterilizing water or any of it the uv needs to get to all elements particularly in that area so making sure that your bottle is taken apart and i know that at some point you can put things in the dishwasher can't you but not before you put them in the steriliser even if you take them apart no and your your dishwasher doesn't get to a hot enough temperature to sterilize them because ultimately steam is the hottest thing Mm -hmm. you're going to get so really you shouldn't be putting anything into the dishwasher until you and if you well over 12 months you you should be sterilizing up until 12 months um but um if you do use the dishwasher um for any of this then they should always go into the top tray of your dishwasher and nothing else should be in there Right. So okay. it's probably not the most economical way of no. doing it, if I'm completely honest. No. But um, you mentioned to me about the fact that actually just all of this stuff is in an NHS booklet, isn't it? Yeah. They've it's got a, a great really good booklet. guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll link we'll that in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. And it's a step by step. And so when I was teaching, and teaching how to make up a bottle, you'd always be like. And how many steps do you think there are? Now, there are a great number of steps to making up a bottle. (laughs) You get very quick at them. Um, And so don't worry about it. It can feel quite daunting to start with, but it is a great book that guides you through a lot of the aspects. Um, Mm -hmm. And so kind of making up a bottle at home, because obviously you need to be using 70 degree water, um, the the kettle needs to be freshly boiled all of those sorts of things um, and so you will get used to that um, and you will find you know how to make that work for you um, in the best way but the reason it will say that it needs to be made with a freshly boiled water and that um, it needs to be used within 30 minutes of the kettle boiling and all of those sorts of things is that ultimately it kills the bacteria that could be in the milk and so that is the reason behind now the only thing i'm going to say to that is if your child's on a specialist milk which is typically prescribed by the doctor and that's normally for allergies or intolerances and things like that um 
it may require you to make them up differently and that is fine you follow the guidelines of that particular milk but on all of the you know formula that you are able to access um they will have their instructions um mm -hmm. to make sure that you are fo so follow that you know they're all you know it might be that the scoops are slightly different in different makes they might you know so don't try don't kind of mix and match scoops and things like that stick to what comes in that that tub or whatever um you're using to make sure that you are following the exact guidelines for that milk makeup it's interesting isn't it because years gone by you would have a fridge full of pre-made bottles wouldn't you mm. um that were made potentially with cold water would they be i don't know no but they'd be it, called boiled and things called like that boiled yeah. Water, yeah but they would be made up in advance and you shouldn't do that either should no. you you should make them up as you need them absolutely and from somebody who fed yeah I, I mean, I, I had bottles. a lot of bottles. Yeah, yeah, if you do store bottles, then don't ever store them in the fridge door. They always have to be at the back of the fridge. And that's express milk and everything oh, else. So don't put oh, them in the that? door. why is that? Because the door's warmer. Because ah. you obviously keep okay. opening the door to the fridge. Yeah. And so then it's not as warm as in the back of the fridge. So you want to keep it as cold as possible if you... Particularly, okay. like yeah because milk, expressed milk. milk you would have that in the in the fridge wouldn't you you'd have mm -hmm. to put that in a bottle and keep yep. that that's different yep. isn't it to formula mm -hmm. milk yeah. absolutely yep. yeah and the thing is we're not going you know there is no one brand um it is about personal choice the reassurance is that there are you know they all have to follow very strict guidelines and so there's very little difference in the milks um and I think it's, again, making your choice of what you, you know, want to use and things like that. Um, but they do come in kind of stage one, stage two, stage three and toddler milks and all of those sorts of things. But stage one is absolutely fine to continue using for the first 12 months. Um, you don't need to move on to stage two. Um, it's kind of a marketing ploy from the milk companies. Um, mm. because milk companies aren't actually allowed to advertise milk um, so you're, if you look at any adverts it will be a, they'll only advertise the kind of stage two onwards um, and things like that um, even if they you know they have to be very very careful with their marketing because obviously they're not meant to kind of be promoting formula feeding so mm -hmm. um, just try not to get drawn into marketing employees mm -hmm. you know stage one yeah. is absolutely fine and if your child is developing uh, healthy normally everything else there's no allergies or anything like that there is no reason after 12 months why you can't move to cow's milk there's you know there's mm -hmm. no full real fat reason cow's to... milk yes mm -hmm. but again it's very yeah. dependent on the child but that's when you can make that move over at mm -hmm. 12 months and how about the ready-made milk then? You presumably, with that, you just pour it into a sterilised bottle. You do. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. So there's not... But it is a lot more expensive, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. But for sometimes, like, for travel or mm. for going out and about, it can feel a lot easier. The only thing I would say is it's slightly different. It's a little bit more watery, water 
Bacteria than the when you make it up with the powder. Um, but you know, if it makes it easier, more kind of simple for you to get out and about, but it is a pricier way of doing it. If you don't want to go down the ready milk route, then you can always um, use a flask of hot water um, and then take a um, dispenser which you can pre-measure out how many scoops your little one has in their bottle and then when you go out you can make up the bottle with your little tub of pre-scoop um, formula and then your flask of water. In that booklet that we mentioned, the NHS one, that is also detailed in there of how to travel right with milk. so the flask would keep the water warm would it we'll keep it as hot yeah and hopefully above a lot of places won't give you boiling water and also a lot of them have got if you're out and about most of them are on those hot water so it's not freshly boiled water anyway they half the time they won't even give you hot water to put your bottle in to warm it um, because it's a health and safety risk. So the other thing I would say is sometimes you can, well, you can get um, a, a specialist kind of flask for bottle making. And what it does is it has a, um, basically like a a container that you screw unscrew. And I that is what you, you place the bottle in it mm. and then you put the hot water into this, this cup bit and that can warm your bottle. Um, yeah. But again, the how to take a bottle out when you're going out and about is all detailed in that booklet as well. Mm -hmm. So, gosh, I know. Um, so when you're actually feeding baby, obviously there's no different. You know, you just feed the baby. You have to make sure that you don't get the air in, don't you, and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, pace. A big thing at the moment is looking at pace feeding, and so actually you can have baby is slightly more upright again it depends on baby um but also kind of replicating how a baby would typically feed and so you can kind of lean the bottle down there can be a bit of a break in the feed they you know pause they drink again um previously we probably would talk about continually having the whole teat filled with milk and them you know led back but actually you know there is a thought process now with regards to pace feeding that it is a quite a nice way of feeding that they're not kind of you're taking breaks it doesn't need to be one big guzzled amount um okay. but again being careful on the wind front um and so regularly winding through a feed particularly when they're tiny um breaking kind of every 30 mils one ounce or whatever just to give them a bit of a break um and see if there's any wind and then they will slowly you know get more efficient with bringing up wind and you will as you feed them you will notice when they have wind and that you need to just have a bit of a break and then they'll carry on um how do you notice that though they just become uncomfortable or they keep drinking kind of ferociously because it's probably hurting a little bit and i think it's just going no let's just take a bit of a break um let's see if there's any wind in there and let's get it out because also you don't want air bubbles in the tummy because then they think they're, t they're full and they're not because it's just air mm -hmm. 
So, so what about so obviously if you're feeding, then there are different teat sizes, aren't there? There are. So what do you start with? Your newborn ones, um, which should come in your starter packs and things like that. So um, start with those and then you start to move through. And again, they all do it slightly differently. So some will do it that it's naught to three months and then three to six months. Some will do naught to six months. It really, some of what you call very flow teats. So you actually have three different flow on the actual teat so it will say one two three around the teat and as you turn the bottle and if that number is facing up that is the flow of the oh, milk wow. so yeah there's lots of different options again for that but i would when you first start always go with the newborn how, one. You, how would you know to move on then uh because they're sucking and sucking and getting mm. really cross because it's so slow and their sucking has got so much more advanced and you know they're not getting tired on it and you can see them just getting really frustrated with it because it's like just give me the milk and so then move them up you can sometimes find though if you've moved them up a bit too quick they start to kind of cough and splutter so again that's where pace feeding can come in really well so you just slightly you know the bottle isn't quite you know so upright it's more at kind of a 90 degree angle to the baby um and then you just take a little bit more time for them to adjust to that change of flow and in terms of volume of of um, milk you know mm -hmm. do you is there kind of are there kind of guidelines in the nhs booklet about that you know about there's what guidelines there will be guidelines on your tub of milk oh okay dependent on the size of your baby age of your baby those sorts of things mm -hmm. but, so actually uh, you just move up as they get older depending on what it says yeah. and what they're eating but and also go you... go with your instincts yeah you know Gosh, that's like, hard though it is but if but, your yeah. baby's draining every bottle mm. um you know they're not they, they want more so just up it by 30 mils or one ounce depending on how you're working it mm -hmm. um and so up it on every feed and see they then might not be draining every bottle and that's fine it means you've gone to the right amount and so but being careful that if they are don't up it too much that they have loads in one feed and then snap you know and then it's knock on to everything else and so again this is really hard to kind of give a defined on because it's about the age and the frequency of feeding and so it might be that your little one feeds every two and a half hours, um, but it might be that your little one feeds every three and a half to four hours. Um, and that's gonna be hugely dependent on the age of your child, the amount they're taking, all of those sorts of things. So um, that's a really tricky one to kind of, but again, okay. you know, look at your tub of milk, but also speak to your health visitor, speak, you know, mm -hmm. and, there are guidelines out there but i think see how your little one's doing if they're content and happy weeing and pooing and settling for sleep and you know taking a nice full feed and you know you've kind of got it right and then it might be that mm. they get a bit bigger and you have to just adjust it a little bit feeding in the middle of the night is quite hard isn't it sometimes because mm. that whole having to make it up at the time yeah 
you know you really do ha- you really do have to do that don't you and I, I mm. remember with my two that was something that I found really hard in fact I used to take a tray upstairs with me with the kettle with the you know with the water with everything yeah. because it would because it is quite hard to do it but it, it just is. I think what people for what I found was that at the beginning it was quite overwhelming particularly because we had obviously two lots of bottles to do mm-hmm. um and but actually once you got used to it and you kind of got a rhythm it that's actually the thing wasn't yeah it can be really overwhelming to start with and you're going oh my goodness like have we sterilized the bottles do we have enough bottles and then have we done this and have we done that and then after a while of just doing it you're like yeah we've got this down like mm-hmm. i wash the bottles here they go in the sterilizer at this time i know that and you know if you sterilize the bottles and then you make them up into complete units so that they're completely sealed they can sit on the side that they are a a sterilized unit at that point um and so you know if you sterilize them obviously if you are putting them in the sterilizer and then opening the lid taking them out and then putting the lid back on and you've still got open bottles and you haven't made them into complete units then they're not they're not sterile as as much because the air's got into them but if you make them up into complete units then they are Mm -hmm. because you're going to take them out and about and things like that um so they're as sterile as you can make them and if you've cleaned them really well and everything else but you do get into a routine um and i think find a pattern Mm. of doing things at certain times of the day um and then it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming yeah definitely i I would 100 percent say that Mm -hmm. that is the case and the other thing about um bottle feeding is that you lots of people find that you can kind of give baby to somebody else to do Mm. but I know you've been talking about this to me and actually it's something that I never really thought of I think it's just being really careful that there's an assumption that if you bottle feed your baby then anyone can do it for you and help you out which absolutely is the case um and if that's what you have you know you want that's absolutely fine. you know sometimes people need that you know due to their own personal circumstances however i would also say don't feel the pressure just because you bottle feed to hand your baby over to someone else for them to feed them you know and if someone asks oh can i give them a feed it's like oh no at the moment it's just you know it's just me and it just could be you or it could be oh it's just me and my partner who are doing it at the moment because it's a really special time for us and it is a bonding time and don't feel that you can't have skin to skin while you're bottle feeding you know absolutely take get into bed take off your top have skin to skin feed at the same time bottle feeding you know have that eye contact have that kind of you know those snuggles and everything else because it's you know it's an important time for you and don't feel that you have to just hand your baby over and allow anyone and everyone to feed your baby just because it's a bottle um and feel quite empowered to say no you know and Mm -hmm. when you feel ready for someone else to feed them then great go for it but don't feel the pressure to and I think I've watched so many people being like oh yeah okay and you're like do you really want them feeding and it's like well you know 
I'd really like to be doing it at the moment mm. because it's still very early days or actually it's a special thing for just us and it's like that's mm-hmm. okay you're the parent you can make that choice yeah. I don't think we can have this podcast without actually talking mentioning multiples because <laughs> it is a different situation mm-hmm. with multiples whether you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding mm-hmm. um because well when you're breastfeeding obviously you you can do either tandem or you can do them one at a time depending how you do but when you're bottle feeding it is possible to do two at a time and I think it it is again that's quite a juggling act but there are so many different ways that you can you can Mm -hmm. do it if you're on your own because sometimes you have to do it on on your own you do um and actually there's loads of ways to maintain that eye contact there's lots of ways to um ensure that you are getting that one-on-one feeding time as well as you know juggling one two uh, sorry two or three babies or or more maybe um Mm -hmm. and so absolutely you know the only thing I'm gonna say and this goes across any whether they're singletons multiples whatever never prop feed um there are so much out there right now there's so many products out there and now when I mean prop feeding there are devices out there but there's also, you know, people can make ways of doing it, but kind of having the baby led in a pram or led somewhere um, and something propping the bottle into the baby's mouth for them to feed. This is really super dangerous. Um, it is something to be avoided completely. Please, you know, as much as it kind of sounds like it could be, a game changer and it could really help it is just not safe and um it's looking at how to make feeding easy to do whether you have one whether you have two or three um but not using those types of devices that require baby you know they can choke on it um because they cannot get that bottle out of their mouth they are led in a position that they can't get out of um and it's you know it's something across the industry that shouldn't even be made um but they are unfortunately and so it's just so important um that they aren't used even in kind of desperate times and i you know again if they're in the pram they you need to get them out and feed them um so that you can make sure that they are feeding winding and all of those sorts of things does there come a stage when a baby can hold their own bottle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're quite it's quite cute. But again I wish mine did. Mine never <laughs> did that. I was like, hold your own bottle. No, we'd quite like you to give it to us, please. Brilliant. Yep. It's really but helpful. But actually <laughs> it's kind of cute that it they're is. still wanting oh, that is. contact. And yeah. also it does mean that you have you know, they can hold it, but again, try not to ever leave them with the bottle Mm. um be there and i think it is really important that 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 moment of feeding is you know even if you know they're sat on your lap and they're doing it independently you're still there and you're still having that cuddle um and yeah it's they can hold it themselves but you know again we shouldn't really you know we shouldn't leave bottles in a cot um with our babies those sorts of things we should be around when they you know eating and drinking really well that's the thing isn't it it's kind of setting that 
for future meals, yeah. meal times of people being together and not just being left on yeah. your own. And the other thing I suppose to say is not ever to put anything other than um, milk in the bottle. No. The only time, yeah, absolutely. The only time that you may be required to put something else in the bottle is on the direction of your GP. Yeah. There is no yeah. other reason to put anything into a bottle you know it just it's not it just reminds me of your face when we were in that hotel do you remember and a toddler literally and its parents just put tea into a bottle and mm-hmm. then about six sugars was it I think mm-hmm. your face was like, I, the tea oh thing was the okay yeah I was like it was the sugar I, it was the six sachets of sugar <laughs> and I just I looked and I well I just couldn't believe yeah. it and and I'm gonna you know we say don't judge and everything else yeah but and that was yeah that was really tricky because that mm. amount of sugar going through a teat onto teeth but also that high sugar content is going to that child's going to crash at some point on that sugar you know and so yeah don't uh, milk and water into a bottle is really mm-hmm. it you know and there is and no real requirement to put anything else and they don't necessarily need yeah. anything else and so um yeah. that's you know that's it's probably more part. us oh that must be really boring blah 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 you know it's kind of that thing yeah. isn't it but actually like you say they don't need anything else so. no and yeah. they certainly don't need six sachets of sugar no definitely no. not <laughs> <laughs> that was years ago as well wasn't it gosh it really uh, was a long time ago but it's really yeah. stuck with me <laughs> <laughs> i think i was just oh it's like oh goodness <laughs> You know, that's a lot, so. Um, yeah. But there is so much to go through on kind of bottle feeding. It's, it. there is a lot, but actually once you've got the hang of it, it's fine. And like mm-hmm, I said, definitely. and like we've said the whole way through, you know, there are loads of our videos on it. Um, so, do you know what? Maybe it's a webinar at some point. Yeah, perhaps it is like a whole demonstration webinar mm. thing. Yeah yeah in fact by the time you listen to this there may already be a webinar depending when you're listening (laughs) have to go to the website to find out that little cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah maybe that that, yeah like yeah maybe that's there there is a lot to do but there are a lot of resources out there and yes you know bottle feeding it can be a really you know having from somebody who's done both you know it's actually as bonding i felt it was you know both of them were really and i think also to... we're gonna have to be honest recording this was mm. we ummed and art at the beginning of it because it's like how do we talk about it what do we say because it's so emotive um and it always creates a lot of kind of discussion and ultimately it is your child your you know circumstances and ultimately we want to support in all the ways we can 
and by us not talking about how to bottle feed and to do it safely which Mm -hmm. is so important that actually that's not okay because for some of our families that's how they have either chosen to feed their babies or the choice has been not there for them and they've had to you know bottle feed and do you know what there is no judgment it's about individual families and individual you know choices and circumstances and so hence why we have a bottle feeding podcast because actually it's important that we're supporting those parents as well well said claire (laughs) thanks so on that note um there's lots of resources and links in the uh, show notes um but i think that's probably us thank you for listening bye that's everything for today thanks for listening if there's something you'd like us to talk about we'd love you to get in touch and let us know find us on facebook and instagram at bespoke family or head to our website the links are in our show notes make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear we're bex and claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of newborn to team and everything in between see you then Thank you.